So I wish like you guys could see right now, like literally the three of us have our shisha in our hands. And it it reminds me of literally like I, I tell I tell Mo all the time. I don't know if you guys understand like the uh the the economy, like the capitalism behind hookah lounges. It's crazy. Robin, Not let me you tell you talking real quick. about let me, economy. Let me, t- let me t- Robin, let me tell you real quick. Nabir, let me tell you real quick. Um so yeah. so you know like the 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 pack of, of shisha um, like the 250 gram, it costs like 20 bucks, right? Boom, 250 grams for 20, 25, right? Around there. Yeah. How much your How much your box called? Your box costs? It's so different in New York. I, where I, yeah, it's, it's it's a little cheaper in New York, I think. All right, so so um, so boom, that's that's yeah. a that's 250 grams for for the for the box, and a bowl of shisha is probably what like 10 to 15 grams. We'll say boom, 25 bowls per um per box right then the 100 pack of of coals of instant coal costs 10 dollars on amazon i'm not guys we literally did this breakdown we did this calculation before we even started recording this and it's crazy how much hookah lounges make listen like one what one listen let me finish let me finish let me finish one hookah (laughs) costs costs what like average i'll say 20 bucks 20 bucks per shisha. 20 bucks. Boom. One mm, one session. Easily. You get the whole box of shisha for for 25 bucks. That's that's 25 sittings. That's $1 per bowl. Boom. And then you use what? Yeah. Two coal per per bowl. You get the box for $10. That's, that's... Listen, I can't do the math right now, but I'm going to start a hookah lounge one day because they make stupid money. You guys need to stop going Stupid to hookah money. lounges and you guys need to buy your... You should not be smoking hookah in general. Like, first and foremost. But, <laughs> We're not endorsing but smoking if, hookah. But if for, if for whatever reason you find yourself wanting to, don't go out, bro. Just buy your own. It's 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 sick. It's sick. It's I, I, think I, I think one thing that I made conscious, like, just being very conscious for this year, right, is, like, my boys and I go to shisha lounges, like unapologetically like right. all the all the time like yeah. you can't stop religiously rather yeah and i just made it a mission for all of us like all right guys like my crib is like exactly this like my crib like it is we're gonna save money this year right. mm-hmm. i don't care but you it's know, like, Mashuna but we're I, gonna save money Mashuna but, i went to a lounge no. the other day and we spent 50 dollars on one hookah because long island is just ridiculously stupid i'm never going back but you know there's a difference between like you know i could i could watch spider-man at home or i could go watch on the big right. screen you know it's a little different over right there. it's experience so, it, it does so so yeah boom all right anyways welcome back to difficult dish i am mahua we are a podcast talking about different south asian experiences and uh i am Mashnoon, and today we are joined by a very special guest our very first our guest, first guest on the pod very first we're, we're very excited to have him he's dope as hell um you can go ahead and introduce yourself who who are you <laughs> who are you yo what's up guys first first and foremost i want to say i'm extremely honored that you guys we are honored. decided to have me on the show um my name is robin day i make r&b music and yeah. And he be no, some, no, uh, no. You're got, being humble. You're being humble. Most fire pants on right now. No. They're fresh. He told oh, us the tea oh. and he told us his pants Straight are from BD. Straight from BD, you know? 
Custom made. Oh, nice. whoa. Tailored. Custom made. I, I want I want to say yeah, um the first time I, I ever heard uh Robin Day's music was when Regardless with a Nikon came out. It was it was quarantine. Mm. The music video came out. Yep. I was I was working at home. I was pretty pretty sure I was on a break. Um pulled it up and and I was watching the video and and your vocals came on and i swear to god i'm pretty sure oh, I, I told crazy. mo this the same day i told mo this the same day like i called her right after i was like yo like because i knew mo knew you I, I, like i think like yeah oh i got like on instagram something how we met. and yeah and i was like i was like yo this guy's this guy's voice is crazy i told mo this like at that time i was like yeah. this guy's voice is <laughs> insane bro and, if you guys and, like, haven't listened to his you, voice yet literally search him up and you will fall in love it's like angelic oh god no but oh god but yeah like on, like honestly like first and foremost like I, i'm a fan bro like i i i love your music thank you man. that same day like i, I went you, in and i was like yo you heard medusa eyes that's crazy that sounds crazy <laughs> I, look at you <laughs> i know all that and and yeah medusa so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on um you're you're super talented and uh just want to give you, you your your flowers while you know we're right here oh, in the god. beginning you got them from mm. me um you're super mm-hmm. solid and uh Super excited love to have that, you on. Love that. Yeah. Um, Thank you, man. Cool. So Wait, before you start, all right. let me tell everyone how I met Mr. Nabir. I met this man at a hookah lounge, of course. This was what? 2018? This was literally when I wasn't in... I wasn't even like posting on Instagram. Like I was doing my commissions on my jackets. I just came out with my Joy Bangla jacket. That was literally right. the first time I met you. And you were so freaking cool. I remember we sat outside with like a whole group of people um in like the backyard part of of Taj right right we're, Taj. we're yeah. all just chilling smoking hookah we were vibing yeah. I was like this is lit like he's such a fun person yeah. and then we didn't see each other for a while right until like recently we saw each other we saw we saw each other again in COVID summer oh at the same on right, the same, the same place yeah but that was like <laughs> yeah. a second we just saw each other quick and then we hung yeah. out recently after like yeah. freaking three years crazy yeah. crazy 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 mm-hmm. all right I, wow. I gotta i gotta ask you know like i was telling you before i i did i did a little yeah. bit of investigative work i did a little, <laughs> a little bit of research he went hard and, um, he went hard i i need to i need to ask you know like what is what is your favorite chris brown song because i'm a big chris brown fan like i'm a big chris brown fan but like that's my boy you know like like name it like, i like, like what is it <laughs> Oh my God! I think and why I need the story. I, you know, I need the explanation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Fine China. Oh my God! Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, he's giving a vocal. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just got I got a little carried away there. Shit. Why is it? Yeah, no. Um, Fine China definitely grew on me as a song because. I, I I didn't I didn't know who was really behind the writing of it, but it had it had a really it had a lot of Michael Jackson influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Brown always does this, right, with his videos. His videos are extremely extremely elaborate. They're very like short film kind of. Right. They have this this charm to it that he tries to achieve. Um, Fine China just has this. Old oh, school kind you of. You should see his neck yeah, it right does. now. It's it's grooving. I'm sorry, I'm like I'm literally just the, <laughs> this is the tempo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it 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 reminds me a lot of what um, 
Michael Jackson would do. And later on, I fell in love with the song even more because there's a there's a one of my idols in the R&B world. His name is Eric Bellinger, mm-hmm. um, which who I had the like pleasure of working with. Um, he wrote that song. Really? So oh. and yeah, he Eric Bellinger is like Chris Brown's like right hand man when it comes to like writing. He he helped, you know, Chris Brown get a Grammy for um, for uh, what do you call it? the fame album mm. i don't know if you guys remember that album of it was course. when chris brown came yeah it came out with um yeah times three like all those like it was just mm-hmm. bangers you know um and so that's 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 one song that i'm absolutely in love with everyone's gonna say you know with you or like wall to wall yeah you know wall to wall is also another favorite of mine but mm-hmm. fine china for sure is like up there for me i like that yeah that was unexpected. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. All you right. see that coming, huh? All right, cool. So, Weapon, you want to say something? No, I, I was going to say what other research you got on him. Oh, what what else have I learned about you? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I mean, what we know is is you're from Queens. You're a Bangladeshi artist. He's from Tell Jamaica. Tell us about yeah, you. Yeah, don't, you got to be more specific. Yeah, he's from Jamaica. If you guys are from Queens, <laughs> you if you're from New York or the U.S., uk anywhere like you should know who he is you recently went on tour oh dead. you were in the yeah. uk he was with nish yeah. he was with the lalo and he was with anik khan iconic yeah. people among iconic <laughs> people yeah. you are one of the icons don't be humble oh, speak your shit tell us <laughs> nah. who you are oh, God. come on yeah, so so oh, so God. let's let's hear a little bit a little bit about like your your like orange your origin story like like what was it like right. growing up in a in in jamaica and queens yeah yeah um so growing up in um i'm from south side jamaica so it was i was like the only brown kid for a very long time around here for a very long time and so you know there was a lot of there was a lot of adapting under not embracing like you know bengali culture as much because I was surrounded by predominantly like Jamaicans, Haitians, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it was, it was, it was, it was hard to even fit in. It was hard to fit in. Um, and in that process, I didn't, I, it was really hard for me to embrace like Bengali culture. And I also grew up with a lot of West Indians, um, you know, Guyanese, Trinidadians, mm. and you know, uh, growing growing up, I didn't like. I completely kept the fact that I was Bengali. I I kept it hidden for a long time, as early as elementary school. I didn't want to. I didn't because Bengali's not cool. Yeah, we were never known to be cool, right? Also, like, no one really knew what people, it was. They didn't know what it was, right? And yeah, yeah that that's a huge thing, and that's why like. This is this is a story that I'm I'm telling more more and more people now. But um, there was uh, an origin like project that we had, like an ethnicity project that we had in in elementary school. I was in fifth grade. I was I was like nine, nine or ten years old, and I lied. I did a whole poster board of like, well, I'm from Guyana. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I didn't want anyone to know that I was Bengali at that age 
because I was so embarrassed because I went to predominantly like West and very mixed, but a lot of West Indians, like the West Indians had like the Guyanese kids had all the coolest shoes. They Mm -hmm. always had like the coolest phone. They were always so proud of like their culture. And like, they were so, they were so proud to be themselves. Right. Right. And I was like, damn, like, I want to feel like that. Right. And I would tell everyone that I was, I was West Indian. I would tell everyone that I was Guyanese and I did a project on Guyana. And then a day later, there was a project that was being presented to the whole school. She did like a video presentation. It was so well done and it was so beautiful. And that girl, I've never seen her in the school ever. And that was like, it was like, it was recognized as a whole school. She was Bengali and it was presented to every classroom. And I remember the presentation was going on and it was so beautiful and it was so like rich with information. And everyone in that class, everyone in my class, especially, they were like, whoa, this is so cool. And I remember being in the back, just bawling my eyes up. Because what grade were you I was in like, for that? I was in fifth grade. Oh, wow. I was in fifth grade. I was, I was, I like, when I think about it nowadays, I'm like, yo, what the, like, what made me so like insecure about it at that like tender age mm-hmm. of like nine, 10 years I mean, old? Like, I, mean, what? I mean, you said it. It's because you weren't really surrounded by people that was your ethnicity and it felt like a sin if you were to, you know, come out as who you yeah. are, you know? Yeah. And you didn't have yeah, like definitely. people surrounding you that could embrace it with you. you exactly. Know? You like the there was there was no yeah. Yeah, there was no representation of like you know, like a confident like just a Bengali, like cool Bengalis that you could look up. To, right. Right? It was there was no one there. That's crazy that you say that yeah. cuz like our like our listeners know like about like my backstory. Like I was pretty much identical to that honestly like i didn't grow up with yeah. with a lot of like jamaicans or haitians but like my community i'm, I'm from like a, a center city like community in in right. orlando and um it's right. it's completely hispanic like it's completely latin there's there's very little brown people that are around me and that's kind of why we start this podcast right. in general it's because like mo, sure. mo has like the perspective of somebody who's like grown up with a lot of a lot of brown people and i have like the opposite right. you know so and, but, and but we it's were interesting able to... it's interesting because like what you said nubir like you had brown people surrounding you and jamaicans and you know people of color but even then, yeah. just because they weren't the specific ethnicity, it, that's when you still exactly, didn't feel you didn't exactly. feel in. But that was the same thing nope. for me. I had a lot of Indian people around me, and I still didn't feel like I was a part of the community because crazy. I'm not Indian. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's so it's so wild. It's so wild you say that because even even where, where I'm from, like there's also you know that that that, that West Indian um, you know area where, you know, Guyanese people are at, um, Trinidadians also, as well as Punjabis, Mm. there was Punjabis everywhere. And let me tell you something, they are so prideful. Oh, yes. In terms of, in terms of people, in terms of, in terms of their food, in terms Mm -hmm. of their culture, in terms of their music, like they, they would just like, without even thinking you, you, you know, you go down, you go down Liberty Avenue, you hear, you hear first, you hear a wave of like, you know, West Indian music. Then you hear a wave of Punjabi music, and they're blasting mm-hmm. it from like their restaurants and their cars. And like, have you ever gone Punjabi to a Punjabi are... wedding? Hell yeah! I've never gone to one, but it, it's so freaking lit. Yeah, 
yeah it is i I think there's like there's like a there's a lot of beauty uh, behind coming from a place that's like super culturally rich and like it's like cultural overdose like there's there's so much that's around you absolutely but it's like just as kind of like painful knowing that there's like nobody that like nobody of your culture that's around you you know and so that's something i like i I totally take for granted now like i i live in a in a different part of of orlando and i work with like a bunch of white people i'm just surrounded by white people nowadays and like as each day passes like i really really miss just like that that culture that I had when I was like back Definitely. in my neighborhood. And, yeah. Like, I used to run around saying that like I was Dominican. I would say I was Guyanese at times. Like I didn't say sure. I was Bengali yeah. like for a long time. Yeah. I literally didn't like really embrace it until I met Mo, honestly. So like you're talking about elementary school. Wow. Like, throughout like my whole high school, I was like, yeah, like I'm I'm a brown kid, I guess. Like I, I've went with Indian, I've went with Guyanese. Like because nobody knew what Bangladesh was. And yeah. And you know, like it wasn't until I met Mo that I was like, okay, like it, it's not so bad to kind of like say that I'm I'm Bengali, you know, and I'm glad I got to it like Aww. later than never. But, but yeah, um, yeah. So, so where do you think like that uh that that shift happened? Did it happen in elementary school? Did it happen yeah. when like you got a little bit older? Like when did you really start being like kind of not being I guess being proud, but like kind of like being accepting the fact that like that's where you're from? Yeah. Um. I think. I think. I. I think in high school, right? I. I think. It, I think it really hit me when. When I started, I don't know if you, in, in, in elementary school, you would get like these letters from, I, I don't know what, I forgot what the information pertained, but it was, it was, you know, letters that were meant for your parents to see. Like right? Friday folders with like the informational stuff for your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. Stuff, you know, all, all sorts of like school related mm-hmm. things like. You know when when your um, you know when your portrait's supposed to be taken right, right. or whatever, right? You know in the in the in the, I don't know if you remember those blue cards, right? Where you would where you would fill out like language preferences mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like right. my dad would put English, but he would also say like any secondary language, he would put it as Bangla, right? Naturally, right? And I remember like we would get like these like these in you know these um, letters for our parents to see. And, you know, the kids would like hand it out. And my thing was, it was English and in Bangla. And I literally remember a student, like the student that was like my classmate that was like passing it out to me. And she was like, um, is this right? And I was just like, Are you, he's like, is this right? Damn. She literally looked at me like I was goofy because, because I told everyone mm. that I was Guyanese. Right. Right. And I've been telling them since I was like in third grade. Right. Like I've been telling everyone that I was like Guyanese. And then. But like I didn't really understand it at that point. Neither did the other kids. But in fifth in, the, in fifth grade, I remember like this girl coming up to me and she was passing me my like letter or whatever, and it had like English, and on the bottom of that, it also had like Bangla on it, right? And I was like, and, and she looked at me like, "Is this you? Like, is this good? Like, is this right? Like," and I was just like, I didn't I I didn't know what to say. I was like, "Oh, I was just like, oh yeah, it's probably like an error." Or whatever. Mm. And then those little things, right? Like it, it accumulated. And then that moment of when the presentation, when, I, when we all saw the presentation of Bangladesh, right? And the student was Bengali. It was those things that started to like brew in my head. Like, yo, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. But even, even, in, even in middle school, I still kind of kept doing that sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I didn't tell anyone that I was like Bengali. 
right? Um, and I just made a constant de- decision, like, yo, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't make, mess with me because I'm from a certain ethnicity, then they're not the people I want to keep around. Of course, right? So, of course. so right. I guess, so you know, coming with age, there's a lot of understanding. Like, yo, I'm just gonna be a fly brown kid and that's the end of that. Like, I'm just going to do me. But I feel like, honestly, you got it pretty early on. A lot. I know a lot of people that still, they're well into their adult years and they still aren't able to, like, pronounce their names correctly or they, like, you know, don't know anything about themselves culture-wise and they just haven't had that epiphany. So it's it's really wild that you had it in high school and even before that. It's also it's also because my parents in general they're very they're not like the typical um, South Asian mm. parents. They do come from music and they do come right. from an art background. Like my parents have like degrees in fine arts, right? They're mm-hmm. naturally a little bit like off the off right. that you know typical route. So it was also just seeing like the confidence that my parents would kind of put on me. Like yo, like my dad literally used to tell me like yo you have more talent in your left toe than, <laughs> than you, than, than, than these other dudes have right. in their whole entire body. Their whole, you have more talent. Yeah, you yeah. have more right. talent in your left toe than their whole entire gushti. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love you know that comparison. Yeah. And then, yeah. And so that really was like, I bet. Mm-hmm. So I think I was the most yeah. expressive I think I was able to convey like my most expressive side in high school. That's when I just, I was, I like, especially with like my outfits and the way I would just like, I was unapologetically just myself. That's and amazing that you had the support from your parents. Cause a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of Brown parents, they obviously want you to have culture, but in some way they also want you to, assimilate so you get the same opportunities as white people like i feel like for sure my mom especially like she wanted me to have more white friends in high school because she had this like warped idea that that would just like bring me closer to success in some way and so Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy that like they encourage you to actually pursue um you know the arts and music and they just like boosted your confidence so much yeah yeah but don't get me wrong it was it wasn't I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't, I think Mo and I have have had this conversation. It's like, I don't think our parents really completely understood like the, the, the depth of like what they did when they made the decision. Okay. Like I'm coming here. Right. It's like the first true mm-hmm. big step to entrepreneurship, right? Like risk. Right. That is the, the what they did was the ultimate risk. Yeah, I I remember Nabir and I were talking about how, like, if we had the, if we were asked to literally just, like, leave our life behind and just move to another country, we wouldn't be able to do that, let alone, like, another city or a state where, like, our parents friggin' moved across the oceans and started a whole life here. So, yeah, like, I empathize with them and I, you know. Definitely. Right. But sometimes that, for a lot of, um, South Asian families, a lot of immigrant families, right? Just coming here and being safe, having a roof over your head, that's like the peak, right? Mm-hmm. 
put one thing yeah. right like that's 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 it for them make it, and then extending what they want wanted them wanted for themselves onto their kids and that's where the gray areas arise right i i so do you think that a lot of your um just like a lot of your emphasis on culture came directly from your parents and like how passionate they were about it yes yeah. yes definitely um yeah um it was it was also that was also another another reason for me to just embrace that yeah i am bengali like i am like i am i i absolutely can be a part of this conversation mm-hmm. and if there isn't a conversation already started i'm a, i'm a make it. i'm a make it Fact. my own like i'm a make it my own thing you know right. what i'm saying if and, there's no room at the table all, then you make your own room it, yeah for sure and i think i think there's you know again just going back to my my parents like my dad is a huge dreamer mm. for sure there's one thing that he always always encouraged me he's like yo nibir do not be afraid to dream Amazing. telling you you like he would tell me this in yeah, in high school like middle school as 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 the young as, and when he started to realize like i would question certain things and it was also it was it was always great with 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 my pops cuz he would always make it so easy for me to be like he would just be like yo if you have questions about anything anything at all let's let's have a conversation mm-hmm. and i i liked i liked That's yeah crazy. i liked how he now i'm realizing like what that like like what that was right like he looked at me as a young man he didn't look at me as right. like his like his property or like his kid like you're mm-hmm. my kid you're going to do whatever i say kind of situation and i i appreciate that a lot especially in my adult mm-hmm. years because there's never there's never a moment where he's just like yo like do you really think this is going to work like yo you're not like there's so many more like he doesn't talk about statistics he's like yo fuck the statistics you make your own fact you know? that's crazy yeah, bro fact. that's that's a blessing yeah. bro yeah. I hope you like, I'm sure you don't take that for granted, but like, you know, I hope you don't take that yeah, for granted. Um, did you ever find yourself like, maybe when you were younger, like, did you, did you find yourself like really unappreciative of that or like really ungrateful for that? Like taking advantage of, not really taking advantage, but kind of like not really understanding or, or like taking into account like the value of like what your, what your parents are saying. Like, did you, did you find yourself getting caught up in like whatever was going on in like Southside Jamaica? Mm-hmm. And like, that was like kind of like steering you away from, from your culture. Cause like for me, like I think it took, it took a, it took a long time for me to get like tapped in with like my roots and, and my lineage because I was so caught up doing like whatever right. I was doing like in my community. So like, did you kind of see, see that happening to yourself? Yeah. I mean, especially during like, middle school i'd say i'd say i'd say because when i when i say like ex, like in high school especially when i was kind of on this super expressive like run right it was still like it was also there was a touch of ignorance in all of that um in terms of like yo i'm still i'm still southside jamaica queens i can't this is this is like my is like my hood I can't like forget about this like I got to be ingrained in all of this and that, like I can't forget it like but the reality of the fact is I had a lot of good friends that were from this hood from this area and they kind of went down this path that you know they ended up in really bad places you know and it was it was a very conscious de- decision like what 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 do I go with right because it was it was so much about like 
loyalty and it was so much about like yo we got your back ride or die like very just they were so motivated and driven by that and i realized is because unfortunately that's all they knew right mm-hmm. that's that's the only reality that they knew they didn't really have they didn't really have any older figures or fa- like you know in within their families to tell them like yo this is the right way to do things or you have other options right. you know what i'm saying and did you kind of have like a like a north star during this whole time like did you have somebody like kind of guiding you towards the right direction yeah. was it like just like the appreciation of like your father kind of growing a little bit deeper yeah. was it like somebody else who was in your life like what do you think it was that like stopped you from going down like whatever like your your home there were doing? there were definitely some some of my older homies that like understood that i came from a different world from theirs and one of them just kind of was like yo what are you doing man like, what are you doing mm-hmm. like do you know he's those. like do you know what you have here like you got you got folks that like appreciate everything you do you got it he, he told me he straight up told me he's like one of my OGs he's like yo you got a you got a father that loves you man I was like I wish we wish we knew our parents like mm-hmm. that and he was just like you know whatever your father tells you to do whatever suggestions he has listen you know and it's also it's also be, yeah and it's also it's also because like my, my father was he knew the situation he, he knew what he was living in he didn't but he didn't care about other like his friends like his peers like oh you're living in this area for what reason like why are you he's like he's like there's a very good reason why it's it, it, my dad's reasoning is you know i guess he saw potential within this area so he bought the, you know he purchased the house here and stuff like that mm-hmm. yada yada but he never like he never denied the reality that of what we were living in and the challenges that would also come with that so mm-hmm. you know yeah man it, after that it was really my pops like once again sitting me down not like a child but like talking to me like a young man you know like yo like this is what you have and it's important to embrace these things and not like try to be like yo he's like nowhere like understand where you come from i feel like i feel like a lot of i feel like a lot of brown kids have like this like you know undiscovered bit of like intuition inside them because because kind of like what you guys were saying like if if your parents are, are immigrating like uh halfway across the world to like this like foreign land like there's kind of like something special in them because there are so many people that are are still in bangladesh yeah. so many people that are still in india whether they got the opportunity or not you know there there are a lot of people it, it takes a it it tastes like a risk taker to to come all the way 100 and i feel like that's instilled a lot into into us kids yeah. so like I, I think like one of the one of the main kind of talking points I wanted to to speak on is just like you know the the value of like holding your your family's like traditions yeah. and and customs close. I feel like there's so many brown kids like if you're listening right now or if you know somebody whatever like there's so many kids who like don't know much about their 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 pops like village yeah. like in in Bangladesh like they don't know the name of For the sure. they don't know like what their childhood was like and you know there and, and the the reason the reasoning behind it is like it, it's vast it could be you you don't have a good mm-hmm. relationship with, with right. your parents you're going down a bad route you're too focused on something else like whatever the reason may be i think there's so much value like personal value like you there's so much for you to discover Absolutely. like you listening for you to like uncover within yourself if you kind of look 
like deep into your family sure. a little bit. If you realize that your parents, you know, they're they're gifted for coming over, yeah. their their intuition of coming out here and knowing that things are gonna turn out all right. I feel like that's something that that um a lot of more a lot more kids really need to to yeah. realize and and comprehend. So I kind of want to ask you a little bit. You know, again, I did my little investigative yeah. research. I saw that you know a, a lot of a lot of your influence for for your music. You know, it comes from. Um, your yeah. family, you know, you said your family's yeah. um, got the fine arts degree, yeah. um, the the music that's been in your family. So kind of talk about that a little bit. Talk about like how how valuable it oh, is to to hold that stuff. I saw close. that oh, one baby picture of you playing like the friggin what was it? Um, harmonium, harmonium or something? What was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, why'd you say that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, harmonium, harmonium. I said it the harmonium. Yeah, I said it the Bobby way. So yeah, um, I think I think it's one thing about the family aspect, right? Is um, just a little detail. My parents haven't been they they weren't able to go to Bangladesh for twenty some years because they had wow. issues with their green cards and stuff like that. And um, you know, my dad my dad wanted to come here in the eighties, and he was trying for like five six years. He wanted to go to school here. I mean, he went to college here. Um, but, you know, one thing that they, they just, it, that was just out of their control was introducing me to the family back in Bangladesh. And that was one thing that my dad was just, and my parents especially were just so, they missed out on such a huge part, not of only their lives, mm-hmm. but like on, on my lives as our life, my brother, my brother and I, you know, is to see how rich and how militant, like, and how tight knit our family is both on my mom's side and dad's side. Mm -hmm. So the music side really hit for me because everyone on my dad's side, they're all musically inclined. Like my, my dad's side of the family has been teaching classical music in Bangladesh for three generations, three, four generations. Like my father's father was his name was um, Ustad Mitunde. Ustad is basically the title of um, translated like master, right? That's how you, right. that's how you, um, you know, um, address like a, a very, Show very, too. yeah. And when I started understanding how rich like my family history was and the impact that we had on classical music, especially in Bangladesh, you know, during a time, mm-hmm. during a time where war was going on, Hindus, especially, I'm Hindu, by the way, where Hindus were very much looked down upon. But, you know, we still maintained that respect because everyone within the community and the country, like they really respected our family. And so once I was able to go to Bangladesh, finally, I was I was 17 years old when I first went. And all my cousins are literally just like me. They're with the shit. They're all with the shits. And if if people think I'm musically inclined, my cousins are will literally blow me out of the water. Point blank period. That's just because they were surrounded by music every single day, 24 seven. My, my, one of my, one of my cousins, um, um, his father who recently um, passed away suddenly, it was one of the most tragic things that actually happened in our family. He was, he basically, the eldest of nine brothers and sisters. And he took up my grandfather's mantle as being the best 
classical music teacher in Bangladesh, as well as my other uncle, um, my dad's immediate older brother. And so now, you know, I was like the, those two and a half months I stayed, I was surrounded by music every single day and students coming in, job being made constantly for students, just seeing, just seeing how, how they're living off of music. Right. Like that is nuts. To, that was so mm-hmm. nuts to me. Something that I want to say was like, I feel like South Asians, Bangladeshis in general, so much of our culture is revolved around the arts, whether it's like poetry, writing, music, drawing, like so many of us are so artistic and it's sad that like so many of us are also expected to kind of like push that away because we need like a serious job. So my question was, um, I feel like it is a privilege that you were surrounded by so much music in your life because it helped you you know, go into music professionally. Yeah. How, like, what would you say to someone that's brown, you know, the same background as you, mm-hmm. who doesn't have that support, doesn't have that family background, but they also want to pursue something, but, you know, they're they're getting pushed into, like, the STEM field or, like, something more serious, as they say. What would you say to them? Yeah. And also, my um, other question that I was thinking about is, I don't know what your income, your family income level is, but mm-hmm. is that, like, is music treated as a serious job for you because i know for a lot of people it's like if you do the arts you have to do something on top to like yeah. kind of compensate you know yeah so don't 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 i don't i don't want to confuse people and um, don't get me wrong it wasn't it wasn't exactly like a walk in the park to convince mm-hmm. my parents either um but they right. one thing one thing though it, it they've never they never they never discouraged me ever because I first started going to the studio, you know, just, I was getting invited to the studio by some of my mentors at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they saw a couple, this was back in 2015, 16, when I was doing like, just posting covers on Instagram. I had like 200 followers or some shit like that. (laughs) Um, You know, um, one of my friends from high school was just like, yo, bro, come to the studio. Like, what are you doing? And so I started getting used to the studio. My parents were like, yo, this is really cool this is really nice. And then, you know, when I first dropped my own music and then, you know, when it did what it did, right. And when they, when they saw the final product, right. Of my first song and like what it did, because here's the thing when, when in, in the South Asian space, people think that, you know, you need, you need, you have to have writers, you have to have composers, you have to have, you know, mm. um, all these, you know, collaborative people, in order to make mm-hmm. a song because traditionally that's how it's done in Bangladesh and in, in, and in India. Yeah, yeah, so right. when, when my pops first heard my song and he was like my first song ever. And he was like, did you like write this? Did you like compose this? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he like, he couldn't understand that concept. And he was like, he was so intrigued by it. And then he genuinely loved the song. Yeah, yeah. And then slowly, as you know, things started to happen, I started, you know, started to get like flown out to like LA to work with producers. This was all happening within the first year. And my dad, wow. and my, and my parents were like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like very mm-hmm. optimistically. And yeah. they were like, yo, mind you, I was, I was pursuing a computer science degree. I, oh, abso- I absolutely dreaded it because, right. you know, um, don't get me wrong. Like as much as my parents supported me, they also believed in like, you know, having security for my, for myself and all that stuff. 
you know, we had relatives that, that I have, I have an uncle that works at the Pentagon. He literally told me, he's like, yo, dude, just get your degree somehow. Like, I'll just pay you here. You know, that's like how much more like to my, to a parent's fear, right? When someone yeah. extends that, right? We were planning to move to yeah. Virginia, you know, it's a white collar job. We would have like, I would easily be able to get a house there, like all that stuff. That sounds, that's lovely, right? That, that's, that sounds right. great. It's a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for them. You, you, for them, it sounded ideal and it sounded the safest thing to do. Right. But when right. they started to see how passionate I was for it, like it was, it was, it was, I was just, they were just like, yo, you, you, you're working like you've, like you've done this all your life. Like, where is this all coming from? Like, this is great. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing I ever had to tell my dad was in the midst of this, I was going to LA. I was on my way to go to LA. My dad was sitting at the dining table and he was like, I was, I just told him, he was, I just told him like, well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I can pursue school. It's not for me. Wow. That's hard. I was like, it's not for me. Blah, blah. That's a whole like a few hours in itself. Yeah. That's a whole that conversation. other conversation. You know? Yeah. And I'm, yeah, yeah right. I'm just going to, I'm sorry. I'm like ranting kind of. Um, no, no, no. Nah. Go ahead. Go nah, ahead. Nah, bro. This this year, episode, this year <laughs> episode, go ahead. Nah, you guys make it feel very welcome. I could just, I could feel like I could talk about it. <laughs> um, no, this is literally but, like all we talk about in our episodes yeah. too. So go ahead. Yeah, and you know, that was the hardest thing I ever had to tell my dad and my mom. And my dad kept it very simple, very short. He sat on the table like this. He was like, he looked at me. He was like, okay, and then. These are his exact words. He's like, all right. He was like, he said it just like this. He's like, but I'm going to tell you something right now. You better work your ass off, boy. Mm, mm. And I was like, I literally, I was like, say less. He's like, he's like, all right. Right. It's done. done. That's That's it. it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think it's it's crazy how like um like when when I published my book and like the the days following that like uh Mo knows but like when I released it I had the number one new release in Asian American poetry. Let's go. Let's go. Middle Eastern poetry. And and I in my listen I already did. I don't got I don't got to do all this again. <laughs> don't play with me. But at my peak I had um the, the number three best-selling poetry book in the country oh my. Uh, at its peak mm-hmm. and, and I showed uh I was I sat my mom down and I was showing her this stuff you know I was like I wasn't just telling her I was pulling up Amazon I was like mom look at this like badge right here that's right next to my name and her whole thing like she's always been really supportive of like keep writing keep painting keep doing what you're doing but it's always like when I, when I showed her these accolades she was just like oh like don't don't do it too much and I was like I was like what do you mean and she was just like you know like if you're trying to like actually do this just remember that like 
you know this is only like only a few people can like succeed in this and like you know i don't know if like yeah. you can do this right mm-hmm. and and I, I took that with like a grain of For salt sure. of course but i feel like it, it's funny how like in the very beginning they're like yeah, yeah i keep doing what you're doing and once you start like rolling in like the the accolades they're just like all right like it, it's kind of like you're in in this in between of like and now they have to make the decision of like mm-hmm. trying to tell you like what they've been wanting to tell you and and i told my mom i was like i get what you're saying but like those like few people that you think that those few people that you say mm-hmm. do this like i'm gonna be one of those like few people. she's like no but you don't understand like she's like no you don't understand like it's only a few people and i'm like mom i, I get it but like you like you don't understand that I'm that's gonna, the thing you, know, you gotta so. like put the work in like we know that we're the few people it's because we're dedicated we're passionate about what we do and like we don't let all of this talk get into into our yeah. head you know it's, what, it's, what was that thing yeah. that you're oh no go ahead go ahead no i'm sorry continue okay what was that thing that um my shabu said mashun um about like right. um like would you rather want someone that you know oh yeah yeah so so um so my sister right now like you know, she she got a, a mechanical engineering degree. Like she, I'm going down like this this like creative artistic path, and she went to, down like the totally like like corporate excelled right. like academically, Ex- academic, yeah, yeah, of course. And and so so um she got this degree. She was working for Lockheed Martin. She hated it, and she got into tech and she got into consulting. And now she's uh she she's a, a client success manager. She wants to be a, a product manager, for a product sure. designer, things like that. And um, my mom's just kind of like, oh, you have like the me- the mechanical engineering degree. Like, why don't you go do that? And my sister kind of said this thing that like I, that really stuck with me. And I never knew that like my <clears throat> sister was like, you know, well versed in like in, in language like this. But she kind of just said it of like, you know, there are so many brown kids that got the degree that do those jobs that are, are doctors, lawyers, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's amazing. And god bless them we need them keep doing that they're making like their people proud but how many how many brown skin women are there in like a fortune 500 company being like the head in in product like design mm-hmm. and product the fractions and exactly exactly and and my sister was just like would you rather have like would you rather want to brag about me being a doctor like every everybody else or would you rather brag about me being in that type of position yeah. mm-hmm. and my mom i think that's kind of like the first time my mom ever heard that like that and my mom was just like you're right and i think it's like that conversation that like yeah. helped both of us out and like now i'm just like mom like you want me to be like a a, a doctor you want me to like get a name in this mm-hmm. and and she's like all right you're right so yeah but yeah it's uh yeah like for, for me like i have so many artistic people in my family you know my mom's a writer she's also in the acting field. amazing and right. I just have so many artistic people and it's still they've supported me, but to an extent, you know, they still expected me to do something more on top of the arts. And even now, like I'm in grad school for teaching and it's still not seen as like a completely serious thing, even though I'm like making a living off of it, you know. So right. it's, it's just crazy how like there's conditional statements to it. It's like, right. yeah, you can be a musician, you can be an artist, but like only if you do this or it's like you got to prove yourself like a hundred times more than every, everyone else, you know? So yeah, yeah exactly. Really I think, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy how like you were able to just kind of like go from like, 
I mean, this is me just kind of like mm-hmm. saying this, but if, it sounds like you just kind of went from like A to Z of like being like, I'm not going to school and I'm doing this right. like music thing. That's hard time. to Whereas do. like us, like we're still we're still getting our degrees. Like I, I'm still working like my, my full time job yeah. in tech and I'm kind of like transitioning in this period of like transitioning to a place where like I can do like this, like blase, blase right. stuff like like uh, full time, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, so I think it, it's amazing that you kind of just like put your foot down we're like i'm doing this and i'm not doing yeah. that and like you you guys are going to support it and and i think that's beautiful so like I, I want you to talk a little bit more about like you know wh- where where you are now with that like with that decision right. um how your parents feel about it now because yeah. like you're also in like this this phase where like you're you're getting your name you're getting like the the name right. for yourself like mm-hmm. at the moment and like you're you're in like that that for sure yeah phase yeah Wait, bef- like, before right you answer that i want you to answer like what you would say to a brown kid that didn't have those right. like oh yeah, yeah i totally forgot about that for sure right i'm, I'm so sorry i didn't i didn't get to that no it's okay um yeah. one thing that i i i try to encourage right is i first ask them straight up do you want this and of course they're like yeah like i want to like i want to be the greatest in the world i'm like yo that's 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 not what i asked right right i asked them do you like are you aware that First, I tell them, I tell, I tell it to them very straightforward and just very like the reality of what it is, because I can, I can tell them all this, you know, philosophical stuff all day, but Mm -hmm. the reality of it is if they want to, if they want to do, if you want to do something in the arts, right. Or music in particular, music rather, you can't just, you can't just be content with thinking that you can make music and that's it. Like everything is everything is going to go from there. You have to treat yourself like a brand. You have to treat yourself like a business, and you 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 have to. There's so many. Music is just a little bit of it. Meeting Fact. people, meeting people, going to and and being open to being open to collaborations. Right? Being what I, what I mean by that is being open to working with people that are better than you in certain things. Are you willing Fact. to do that? Because one thing about musicians that I've learned, any type, at any tier, a lot of musicians are a lot very precious about their work, become oversensitive about their work. It's like, one thing I also tell, another thing I also tell them is surround yourself with people that you know, that will give you the honest, you know, truth Mm -hmm. and keep those people around you all the time. Because if something is whack, you need you need somebody in your in your corner to be like, nah, that's whack. I think this is I think this is gonna be good. You need and them. if you can take you is it, can you take criticism and can you can you put you know the work that's necessary besides just making music? That's right. that is a very real and then when I approach you, it to them like that, they're like like, all right, yeah. well you yeah. know, you know, yeah. like I think I think everybody just wants like that everybody's looking for like that that one song that like they'll put on soundcloud and it'll be a hit right like, they just get popping off like, this is like a, a general kind of thing we talk about all the time it's like people are just kind of chasing like that that one hit that's gonna take off and they don't never like everybody wants to put like their their yeah. hands out but like nobody wants to get like their exactly. hands dirty. you know like you look you really gotta like love like the 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 chase absolutely and the, right. and, and the hustle like you really have to like you have to love exactly what you're doing. and it's, it's also about, I also, you know, I also try to tell them you have to, like, we all have this, especially in music, man. Oh my God. It's like, they want to get to that status without doing everything in between. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Right. Like, are you willing to do that? And then they asked me, oh, then what's, what do I have to do in between? And I'm like, see? Mm. And you have to be, yeah. They don't, they don't think about the in between, yeah. you know, they just think about the, the end result. They're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this one day, but, but it's like, okay, also cool. a lot like, of, keep, a lot of keep artists that, don't but. show the in between. They aren't really like, you know, showing the process. And I've seen that firsthand because I've kind of had to like make my own path with art and just like who I am as a brand and as a and, person. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think it's so relatable. Like a lot of people ask me, you know, how do I get to this level? How do I succeed in art or like anything in that field? How do I not, you know, be a doctor or do whatever my parents are saying? Right. And it's like, yeah, if you're in school and you want to be in school for your parents, that's fine. Keep art or like music as your side hustle. But at one point, you have to make it like your whole being. Like it's more you, than just art. Exactly. It's like one hundred percent. It has to like consume you. You know, and it has. It's, it's yeah. not even just like making music. It's not about just like making art. Exactly. It's like literally like connecting with people it's about like being vulnerable it's about like you know just being more than just like a pretty face and putting music out for sure it's like literally putting your whole being in it yeah i think like as much as like you know you just said like oh people don't show it people don't show like the in-between i think a lot of people show the in-between but like people don't like to watch the in-between they like to see like somebody like succeed yeah. and then they'll be like oh like i knew them like i i i did this blah yeah. blah but it's like you know when it comes to them wanting to to get their hands right. dirty they they don't want to pay attention to everything in between they just kind of want you know um i think i think i think what it really boils down to right is like anything it doesn't have to be music necessarily but you know what i think is if you have a passion or something and it makes the easiest way the easiest way i describe it to people right that want to pursue something that isn't within the norm that's something that's that, that they want to do on their own it's like do you feel passionate about it right and another thing i ask them is does it make the does the time fly when you do it mm, you see what i'm like saying that. and and oh, then that's a good one there has never been a time or to this day where i've been in the studio and I feel like, oh, when is this session going to end? Or when is it? I book like eight hour sessions mm. flies every single mm. time. Right. And sometimes I have to pit. Sometimes it's like stop myself. I'm like, is this work right now? And I'm like, yes, it is. Work. It is work. Mm. Like I am loving my job. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, right. I think it took a lot. It took a long time for me to like get like put out the book because I think I battled with like the 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 I just didn't know if this was gonna be like a, a hobby or if it was if it was gonna be something that I was gonna do like for right. real for real and I still kind of battle with that so like do you ever like do you ever fear there being a day that like you are gonna dread that that like studio session like do you are you ever scared that's kind of like gonna fade away a little um bit? honestly the way I've structured it is is the way I've structured it is where because of the people that I have around me, because because of the reactions, I also, also always remind myself of the reactions, whether it's good or bad, right? I love that. I love seeing people's reaction to stuff that they're not normally, you know, used to hearing or seeing for like a visual point of view or like mm -hmm. a vocal point of view. It's just constantly like, I just have this, I don't know, man. I have this weird thing, this battery in my back where I'm just like, yo, oh, they, they ain't never seen nothing like this or they ain't never heard nothing like this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important with 
creative, especially and to con- to just constantly just right. remind yourself, that. like, yo, like this is going to be something that no one has ever seen before. And it, it I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's just kind of like a personality trait. I don't, I don't, I haven't really gotten to that point where I thought like, yo, what if the shit like doesn't work out? I'm going to make this shit work out. No, 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 because if it ever does, if it ever does get to that point where I feel like, look, I'm literally just going to think back to, to my dad's experiences and just how he is as a person is like, he, he, he tried coming here to this country since the eighties. He was trying for like six, seven years. He did not give up. Like he just didn't give up. It's also just, it's also the position that I'm in, right? Like I could have been, I'm the only relative, I'm the only family member. I was the first person in our whole, infa- in our whole family to be born here, right? Not just, not, not just the U.S., not just here, mm-hmm. not just away from Bangladesh, but to be born in New York where everyone dreams to come true, even people in other states in this country, right. they work their ass off to come here. I'm literally... It's, it's in my backyard. These connections are in my backyard. Right. Why? Why? Like, it would right. be foolish of me to think like, damn, like, I don't have this, this, this and that. Everything, uh, everything is at my fingertips if I really think about it. Sometimes I also think about like, damn, mm-hmm. like, why couldn't I be born into like, sometimes I used to think like, yo, why couldn't I be born into like a family that has like connections? Like, like, let's say like, like puff debt like diddy's son or something like that or someone within the industry right right? but i think about it like yo i was i was put into such a situation where if i just work if i just work my ass off i can get to these i can get to these places right it's like yeah so it's like yo why am i complaining i i I was i was like what's your birthday december 27th Oh, never mind. I That's my Leo sister's birthday. What Get the out. Are you serious? That's crazy. No way. Crazy. Stop playing, bro. What the Yeah, hell? December 27th. That's, That's literally his phone password. Yeah, bro. That's lit. This was meant to be. What are you, a Capricorn? No, Capricorn, yeah. I don't know nothing about astrology. I don't know why. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. But I was, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, thought it were, I thought you were a Leo because I'm a Leo and I think the exact same, but it might just be like a New York thing. But I think like when you're a creative when you know what like what you're putting out is good and also like all of the struggles that you went through to get to that point yeah. it's like you believe in yourself so hard and you know your potential so much better than everyone else and it's like the success is literally at your fingertips and it's like you know that it's gonna happen one way or another like nothing is gonna stop you you know that like it's just gonna happen you know like i think both of us even machine like we just push ourselves like beyond the boundaries and yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Honestly, I think about it and it's like right now, I, a lot of my time goes goes to work in school. So I don't get to put too much time in, in these like excessive things that I like to do. But it's like I think about it and it's like, you know, I I could be as big as like I could be as big as I, I, I want to be. You know, it's just 100%. the amount of work that I want. Because I, I have the I have the intuition, I have the drive, I have the hustle. That's never going nowhere. I've had that my whole life. I could be a, as big as I really want to be. The amount of work I put in, I know like that work is gonna is gonna come back in reparations. And I wish like a lot of people really ran with that mindset. So many people are just so lost and like, I can't wait to get this. And it's like 
sure keep thinking that but like you really have to love where you are right now too and you have to love like mm-hmm. being in in the studio you have to love like you know like getting your hands dirty when, when like you're painting like blah blah and 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 yeah i, I do, do you think like do you think you could like kind of like somebody could learn like intuition do you think you could like teach this to somebody or is it just like if you got it you got it if you don't then like you should do something else no actually i i one person that i always like to reference is is anik man because he doesn't he doesn't come from a background like mine where it's very rich and like like music specifically you know he when when he first started doing music there's a lot of conversations where we've had where he's just like, yo, like my pops did not like me doing rap music, bro. Mm-hmm. He's been doing music for 14, 13, 14 years for a long time. I feel like it could, could go either two ways, right? Either you're, you become so discouraged that you just be like, All right, you know what? I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do this anymore, which I've, I've, which I've, you know, I've seen happen with a lot of like, especially, you know, Bangladeshi peers of mine, like that were older than me at the time. I was like in middle school and they were like in their teens, late twenties, trying to figure it out. And they, you know, they, they ended up not going that route because they, they just didn't, they just didn't really have anyone to really support them like that. But then there's another group mm-hmm. of people that I know that are so, that believe in what they do so much, even, even when all odds are against them, they're like, nah. There's, there, there ain't no way. Mm-hmm. There ain't no way. And Anik is that. He's like that. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from him because of that. Because that's a fire that you can yeah, you know, take out. You know, it's just it's just something that's within him that like makes me go like, yo, I got it good. Like whenever I feel like, mm-hmm. whenever I feel uninspired, because there are some times where I do feel uninspired. I have a block or something. Of course, you know. I just think about like his experiences and how many doors got closed in his face for me to, for me to do certain things, right? Like for me to go on tour with him, mm-hmm. for me to, cause he didn't like another thing. He didn't have to do that. Right. He didn't have to, he didn't have to make right. me his support for his tour. He could have went, he knows artists from every single place that we went to, especially in London. Right. Like he knows fire artists up there that are well known in London. He was, but he he told everyone, you know, especially you know when it comes to like the the venues and the people that book. Like a lot of these people don't necessarily know who I am, you know. Then there's the worry of like, can he sell tickets? Can he do this? But Anik is so like, nah, fuck out of here. He got it. You're about to see it, and he's about to prove you wrong. Watch. That's fire. You know, it's shit, it's shit like that, right? Yeah, that like, support is crazy. And it, it's it, it, it's it's shit it's shit like that that makes me go like, yo, this man got doors closed in his face all throughout, like like all in the beginning of his career. He started in what 2011. He had door on door on door closed on his face, right? And it's just like that drive is is something I try to like is like, yo. If he had it then at that time, why can't I? While I have an I have an abundance of people I can meet with now, like you know, people that are willing mm-hmm. to like work with me and reach out. Like it's just he's, you know. So I think it can be taught. Honestly, I've been teaching. I've been teaching Lalon. Yeah, 
Lalan's Lalan is my Lalan is love Lalan. You know, Lalan is my. He's like my. He's like my. Um, he's like my student now. You know, as I learn, yeah. whatever I learn, I extend to him, always. You pass on the knowledge. Pass on the knowledge, Amazing. right? And you know, you know, he's young. He's young, and you know, of course, there's especially amongst the youth and like younger artists, right? Like that are in their late teens and stuff. Right. Um, majority of them go through like this, man. Like I don't know if my stuff is good or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, bro. One, like, do you love what you do? Yes. Are you passionate about what you do? Yes. Then you need to, as as cliche it's cliche as it sounds, you need to believe in yourself, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's it that's that's when a good like mentor kind of person is good to be around because when it goes back to me he didn't have anyone to tell him that yo you're doing this right maybe move like this or do this a lot of people don't have no, anyone to tell no. them that. and that's why like you know i try to extend that to like lalon and younger artists like yo like you got it it's just it's just small little reminders that you know Hon- yeah honestly like if you have any passion or like anything that you like doing just do it in one way or another even if it's small like it is kind of a tragedy if you don't foster it in some way because you can not even like you're gonna get big and famous like obviously that's a goal but like just for your own happiness like just do it for you you know like even if you are pursuing a stem major or whatever yeah. it is it's like it's like you just have to do something yeah. for you because we're like so it's so for important sure. in us to like do everything for our parents. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, I think, like uh, I think I think going back to like Anique for a second, like mm-hmm. I've been following his journey for a while. And mm-hmm. like I know like his his first project is called like I don't know yet. And I think it's so scary, like, because I'm kind of in the same boat, like, with, with me not having, like, a lot of brown people to look up to like that, especially yeah. in the, the writing, the For writing sure. world, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of riding, like, riding solo, and it's so scary to just kind of, like, you know, you're, you're driving, you're driving on, like, a, a highway with, like, no streetlights, you know, and, like, you don't know where you're going, like, you want to get somewhere, but it's, like, it, it's really scary, so, like, you really got to commend people like that, it's, like, yeah. it, it's, like, the, like, the, like, the Nipsey Hustle mentality, like, I, I wear, like, my Crenshaw hoodie every single day, and it's, like, it, it's so scary kind of like you know you 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 always want to keep going and like it that that intuition is just so so valuable so if like if you don't mm-hmm. have that bro like yeah man like that's that's one of my biggest advice for like anybody is like really work on like your intuition just having like that self-belief and like you you said the word you said the word abundance that's one of my favorite words because like everybody is so like i'm not gonna say ungrateful but like we have so much even if you feel like you don't have much you know whether it be connections in your city whether it be a roof over your house like there's so much that we have that a lot of people don't and and i I believe that like you you can make you can make something out of nothing if you just really like put in that work and bro yeah you know i i I wish a lot of people a lot more people didn't yeah man um and i I just like using anik as an example because he still operates by himself he only had like Mm. he doesn't he has people in his corner, but he doesn't have like dedicated people doing one thing and one thing only. It's literally just a, a hosh posh. And like, if he can't acquire connections through like, let's say like a partner of his, he literally goes out and he does it on his own. He's like, bro, if I, if he can't do, I'm, I'm going to literally hit him up, be like, yo, let's, let's have a dinner. Let's have a conversation. I'll take you through Queens. Let's run it. And he builds a relationship like that. And he literally, and he's, he's gotten some of his biggest 
placements just by creating genuine connections first, then heading on to the, because I think that's what, that's what a lot of people that want it and they want to do it big, they get lost within that, right? Like how to approach certain people. And another thing is, is just being yourself, being completely who you are, right? And it, it stem, it's such a, it's so crazy, right? Because especially within the professional field, right? You want to be with, you want to be with people that mess with you and in like every bit of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, especially when I was in the beginning, starting to make music, I was kind of walking a certain way. My voice tone would change like little subtle. Mm-hmm. And I would laugh at jokes that weren't even funny and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, amongst these people right. trying to get their validation, trying to get, I'm just like, man, what the fuck? His joke wasn't even funny. Yeah. Like, what are you, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, like, why, like, why am I like, walking like this? Why am I talking right. like this? Right. You right. know? You got to be authentic. You got to yeah. be authentic. And if they fuck with the authenticity, that's who you go with. And if they, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's, that's just how, that's just yeah. how I operate now. Like, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. You don't fuck with what I do. You don't fuck with my music. Fine, that's cool. Take care. That's fine. But it doesn't mean you're a bad guy. It doesn't mean I hate for you. Yeah, it's just me. like move on. Yeah, move on. Cool. You know, until something diamonds, clicks. There's diamonds in the dirt. There's diamonds one, in the dirt. You one, gotta get down there. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, man. Mm. You know. Yeah, man. It's wild. Right, so, so we got, we got, we got a fire, fire round of. Yeah, we've been we've Questions. been talking we've been talking kind of crazy for the last. This is our longest episode. <laughs> yeah, we went done. hard. This is I'm literally sh- a therapy session. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, Nabir, you gotta come over, Mashun, when he comes to New York. Like all of you guys. Yo, literally when 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 we when we doing this, man? Literally, hey, like Mashun, book a freaking weekend. flight yeah, tomorrow. I was there last weekend. I'm gonna come up soon. I, we all gotta chill sometime. All right, well, sure. well, shoot. Let me yeah. let me know. I'm I'm in there. Don't even, yeah. don't even trip. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All right, all right. No, no more, no more, no more uh, heavy talk like that. We're gonna talk. Right. We're gonna talk some. Let's loosen it up. Let's loosen so, it up. Let's be, let's be dumb. We got let's some. Uh, we, right, right. We got, we got some, some questions for you. We just gonna ask you. Nothing not crazy. Okay. Something quick. Let's run it. Feel me? Yeah, all but right. you, but you gotta answer right away. Like you can't think about right. it. Okay. No thought. Okay. No thought. All right. First one. No first thought. one. First one. Be easy one because we already asked you. But you know, sum it up real quick. What's your favorite shisha flavor? Um, uh, 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 Kashmiri chai. Oh, to try wait. that. I like That's that. A I've never had one. that. Kashmiri chai. Ooh. Send that link. I got you. All right. <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. What's your, uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Queens? Ayada. Thai, Woodside Avenue. Oh. Oh. It's been on the Michelin Ooh. guy. I got the address yep. and I like everything. That. What you, what you order no from a Thai restaurant? Though, no sponsor. What, what you get from a Thai restaurant? What I get is the catfish salad. I get the whole um, whole red sea bass and uh, oh wow and uh, crab fried rice. And always make sure on the side to get the uh, the um, what we get the, we the, get always, the always. Uh, fish sauce with the red chilies inside. Fish sauce. Put that put that nice. on your crab. Oh, we gotta go. Fire. Yes, fire. He's I like that. Freaking eating like a king in Woodside. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I like I like family style, so that's it's more of a sharing thing. But yeah, I don't like having mm, my own papas. own. I don't like having my own. That's no fun. It's no fun. I need I need four to five. <laughs> Run I need it. Some variety. Exactly. All right. What what uh what scares you? What scares me? Wow. Um. I told you that was a deep one. Yeah. That no. No. Uh, lose, Something quick. Lose um losing the losing the people I care about. Mm, that's a good one. I was gonna say that snakes. Scares, 
right. Snakes. Uh, that scares me too, though. <laughs> nah, um, snakes kind of What's your, what's your, uh, what's your dream collab? Oh, my dream collab. Um, my dream collab. Don't have to be a musician. Just kind of anybody. Um. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh. In. I think I'd love to work with. Uh. Love to work with Chris Brown. Oh boy. Love to work with Chris Brown. Oh, I think. Okay. I think we would. I think existence. we would skate. We would sound amazing on a record. Mm. Oh yeah. Like uh, that, that that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Hell yeah. You you know that you know that wow. us are better though, right? I mean, hey. Like, you know that, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm just making to- sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> if that makes you go to sleep well at night, like yeah. Ah, there he goes. <laughs> All right. Um, walk me through like a you. You got no plans for the day, right? You got you just got a check, right? Like you got you got a little bit of spend. Walk me through like a a, a quick day in your life. All right. So. First thing I'm doing is I am gonna go to the I'm gonna go to Bayside Diner. I don't know if you ever went there before, but it's a great. Oh, I've like heard diners. of it. I, I like diners. Get me some. Get me. What we getting from the diner though? Home fr- from diner. Home fries, salt, pepper, with. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like oh, that. And then what? Oh, then what you gotta do? Then that. what you gotta do? You gotta take the little catch. You gotta ask for separate. The, uh, what do you call it? Container for ketchup. Then put black pepper. Mix it with the ketchup. Oh my god! No, it's it's wow. it's a, it's a, it's a yeah no it's a whole day. You'll, you'll look at ketchup completely differently. Um, okay. Definitely, Trust. yeah. Home fries. I'm probably getting a pastrami sandwich. Um, hey, yo, you're my best friend, bro. That's yeah, my shit. Yeah, that's my shit too. Bro. I like that. Yeah, I like that. You got taste. Yeah, yeah. pastrami sandwich, toasted. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, keeping it like that. What's the bev? What's and the bev, real quick? The bev, I'm probably gonna get like a mango iced tea or something. Nice. Um, yeah, like a mango iced tea for sure. Um, sure. And then after that, I'm probably gonna go to B and H, B and H or Guitar Center, pick up, pick up a, pick up some gear. Um, Ooh. And then I'll probably for lunch, I'll probably go to Ayata because I love Ayata. Um, I'll probably get the same. This man's going from Southside Jamaica to Bayside to Woodside for all food. Yep. Um, then right after, right after Ayata, hitting Stowaway, you know? Yes, sir. Mm. Hitting Stowaway. Um, that's what I like to hear. Get a, um, go to the, uh, go to the back of either Taj or Jasmine, have a Bluetooth speaker on me, you know? Oh, have a Bluetooth speaker on. Oh wow! Um, wow! Literally gonna. He's playing his unreleased. And not even play. I'm just gonna work on, work <laughs> on music, work on music. Write a little bit. That's lit. You know, mm. have a couple friends around me. Get inspiration from them. What their life is going. What you know from their life experiences. Take some inspiration mm-hmm. from there. Mm. Um, and then what? And then after that, I'll probably hit up Sissy's maybe, which is the bar right across. <laughs> Oh, sissy McGinnity. How do you how do you pronounce the last part? Mc McGinnity. <laughs> what was the first thing? Uh, how do you pronounce her 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 mini I don't even know how it's pronounced. Harmonium. I know that's wrong though. Sissy McGinnity. Sissy McGinnities. Oh, close. McGinnities. McGinnities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like seven different syllables. <laughs> like seven. I love that. Yeah, and then right, you gotta right. get used to yeah. that. 
And then I would. All right, the last one. The last one. Oh, oh, oh! He's still going. He's oh my. Uh, the hey, last, the last, no, last I'm one. Sorry. Last one. I'm coming home, and recording some demos, and then call it a night. About time the man comes home. Yeah. <laughs> the freaking home forgot about. That's hey, been that's been a real day. Yours. The world is ours. Thank you, man. That's I been like a, that. that's been a real day, actually. All right, all right. The last the last one is uh, what's what's your favorite uh, your favorite uh, uh Bengali dish? Your your mom's like, oh. yo. Today it's on me. Whatever you want, I got it done. It's already done. <laughs> oh. It's in the kitchen. What is it? Oh my god, bruh! I'll tell you right now. You gotta think quick. I'm what sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. sorry. I am thinking. I'm sorry. Um, it's too many options. Bro. Too many options. All right, just a patla jhol, like kashi, kashi, kashi. Yeah. Like mutton. Wait, not oh, with rice. Yeah. That's like kati bangal. Yeah, not with not with 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 uh, big potatoes. Pearl onions, and not with rice, mm. but with like oh, yeah. handmade like porota that my mom makes. Fire, yeah. fire, ooh, fire! That's that. the Sunday go-to fire. breakfast. You can't beat that. Can't oh my beat god, it. can't beat it. Not at all. That That's was solid. Making my mouth water now. Can't beat I like it. Like that. Wow. You know, super. All right. All right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's how that's all we got, you know. We we've, we've been at this for for way too long. We we usually I'm sorry, end guys. episodes with uh, nah, it's, no, no, hey, you were freaking great for a first guest and yeah, ever. Thank that you. was better than I was expecting. Thank Not you. Not that I was expecting yeah. like anything bad, but but you were, you were super solid. <laughs> we <laughs> we uh we usually end our episodes with just like a, a quick ten second advice. For so, sure. Uh, you just spoke a Mashun lot. Mashun so. never says 10 seconds. He says like 20 Me? seconds. Yo, I mean, out. 20 minutes. Chill out. You take six and a half hours to give your advice. You take so long. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you go first. You have something. You got 10 second advice. Quick, 10 seconds. You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> she had this ready. All right, Nabir, you go first. You got some. All right. Um, go first. Go ahead. This is, this is not music related, whatever. Um, just, just a whole mood for 2022. To an end with simping, from now it's straight pimping. Oh, oh. give me an explanation, real quick. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you can't just end with that. You gotta leave it on the cliff. All right, fine. You know what I'm saying, uh. I'm not. I don't, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is, whether you're whether you're a girl or a guy, know your worth. Yeah. Oh. Know your worth. Fact. You see what I'm saying? Fact. If it ain't right. it, if if they're not on the same page, go to the next one. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Uh-huh. I like that. You know what? On that note, I have something to say too. Run it. What is it? So, you know, it's already January. It's almost ending. You know, as an artist, I always want opportunities. I always want to connect with people. And with that in in be- being said, I also get rejections with people that I've wanted to work with, and you know, they just don't respond or whatever it yeah. is. What I gotta say is you got to make your own opportunities. You got to go past that. You can't sit in the failure. Hell yeah. Make your own opportunities. Don't, you know, don't just hold the rejections close to heart. Make your own friggin' place at that table. You heard? I heard that. Yeah. All right. Mine, mine, mine is, uh, it's quick. It's a little, it's inspired by something that happened today. I got my, my first hate comment on my book today. Someone said, Listen, keep in mind, no profile picture, zero followers, nothing, you know, oh, like, it's always those. I'm not paying attention. It's always those. I read it though. I read it though. I'm not paying attention, but I read it though. It said like point blank, your book sucked. <laughs> and 
And I was about to comment, like... But they like, fully had to buy it to say that. No, the thing is, I know they didn't buy my book because <laughs> they, they didn't follow me. So I was, about to, I was about to DM him, like, send me a selfie with you and my book. I'll cash up you $1,000 right now. I swear to God. And, uh, <laughs> and he, hasn't, he hasn't said nothing. So my, my advice is, is, is stop hating, you know, like stop, stop getting like, whether it's jealousy, wh- whatever the case may be, like, go get your own, like the, there's diamonds inside you, like, like stop, stop hating on people. I don't even care about hate, but it's like, stop doing it. Like, yeah. because if, if you tell that to somebody who, who gets hurt by it, now you just not like, now you got to sit with like the, the feeling of, of you just made, you just, uh. That you just brought somebody down. So stop hating, bro. Stop hating. Mm-hmm. We're all solid. We're all solid. Shit, man. Especially the beer. I encourage. No, but honestly, yeah. oh no, nah, go I'm ahead, just saying. I, I love the haters. I encourage them. Bring it. Oh, let's run it. It that. brings the engagement rate up. I'm, I'm loving it too. Comment. Uh, I love it. But honestly, thank you, Nabir, for coming nah, on. Man. We loved having you as the first guest. Thank you, like guys. honestly, you were amazing. Thank you so much. Like. You should be a freaking co-host on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. You want to join? Like, What's we up? We love you. Yo, I'm down. I'm down. That's crazy. Why not? Shoot. <laughs> but now, guys, thank uh, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, I can't. I can't thank you guys enough. I love conversations like this. I love moments like this. This is super special. It's super. It's 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 important that people see stuff like this and um, continue yeah. continue what you guys are doing. It's extremely beautiful. And I'm supporting you guys all Continue the way. Continue what you're doing. Plug your socials right now. Plug right. your socials. Uh, my yeah. socials, yeah. What's up? What is it? Is it? Is I think it's Robin Day underscore R O B I N. Not him, not knowing. E Y. I don't know where the underscore is. I think it's nah, in the beginning. Nah, he's playing like it off. Oh, you know man. what? Memorize. Just search Robin Day. You'll find yeah, him. You be able no, to find but uh, but but thank you, thank you a lot for uh for coming on. This is my first like conversation with you. And, yeah, man. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed your company i really like your vibe thank you man and, uh, i appreciate it I, I like everything about you I'm, I'm excited for whatever you got coming um again I, i'm a fan i love all your work and uh, thank you I, bro i'm excited to see to see uh your your future and your come up so thank you man likewise thank you on, bro um if you guys are still listening please 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 leave us a rating on spotify we're, we're 5.0 so far we got a lot of those we need more let's run it up. We're, we're shooting for 100 Let's what's go. going on I've hunted. what's We're going on you listening right now South Asian podcast. it takes three and a half seconds to leave us a five star review go ahead if you're listening on Apple Podcasts leave us a review we'll we want to hear what you say we'll wait three seconds <laughs> alright cool thank you guys for listening follow us on Instagram at difficultish and uh, talk to you next time we love you guys see you Peace, later guys. see love you next week <laughs>